Hey, good evening and a very warm welcome to the Campus Lounge on University and the Coach David Carl Show as we get started. It's like a couple minutes late. Tyler Mon, Pioneers head hockey coach David Carl. We made it. DC, how are you? I'm doing well. Good to see you again. Good, good, good so to see earlier you. Today. I know. I was going to say, this has been uh, this is twice in six hours for you. It's, yep. I'm sure, way more Tyler Mon than you need on a daily basis. But I'm happy to be here. Yeah, no, me as well. It's always great to be back at the Campus Lounge. means home games are around the corner, and our fans have had to wait a little bit longer this year. So excited to get underway and uh, get Magnus Arena open for the 23-24 season. 23-24 season, year six now. Uh, you're, you're getting this thing rolling and doing so after already a couple of home uh, or a couple of road series, I should say, before you kick things off for the home schedule. Um, but this is exciting. It's uh, we got Pioneers fans in the house. Of course, this uh, DU team will be taking on a first-year Division One program coming up on Friday with Augustana. Then you get Air Force in on Saturday. But before we talk about that, uh, we owe some congratulations to Pioneers head coach David Carl, who had a well, you didn't have a baby, but your wife had a baby yes. a couple of weeks ago. Congratulations, Thank man! You. Thank you. Appreciate it. Very excited. Tell us yeah. about. I, I asked you this earlier today but i said you know you're trying to run a division one athletic program and uh father a newborn what's the sleep schedule been like for you yeah as i said uh earlier to you today my wife has been a rock star and um she's done a lot of night shifts to to be able to make sure that um i can be rested for the rink and, and the job and the work and um she's done a, a heck of a job and very thankful uh to have her in the house running the show there so Everything she does there allows uh, me to do what I do, and that's that's a lot for uh, all of our coaches' wives on our staff. They they do an unbelievable job keeping the home front locked down so that we can spend all the time uh, that we need to at the rink with the knuckleheads we have. <laughs> well, it's pretty exciting stuff, and you've gotten a chance to to watch your knuckleheads for four games. I know the the first trip of the season, uh, you were back here, obviously attending to those very important duties uh, when your guys went out to Alaska um, and got a sweep there. And then last weekend, really interesting back-to-back. You go uh, to Providence, play a top-ten matchup there. Next night, you're in Boston, taking on Boston College, a top-ten matchup there. Split those two games, um, but that that's a really that's a heavyweight start to a season to have a, a difficult road trip for one and then all of a sudden get two top 10 matchups what have you liked about your guys your first four games in um you know we have a real young team we've talked a lot about 10 freshmen and so i think the opportunity to get on the road you know we get, kind of got the uh the north america tour going up to fairbanks and then out to boston so we saw a lot of uh, a lot of the country and i think it's great for the guys to get on the road together um, we, we take an extra day as well. Normally, um, you know, for league play, we're leaving on Thursday, coming back Sunday. But for these trips, we went out Wednesday, get an extra day with the length of the travel. And they just get spend a lot of time together. Um, and with 10 new faces, they can spend a lot of time here at home together. But it's just different on the road when um, that's all you have is, is your teammates to hang out with at the hotel, do things with. And so I think from that standpoint, it was really productive and, and good for them to be able to bond and be with one another um, on the ice, get pushed by three really good hockey teams. Fairbanks uh, was the last team out of the NCAA tournament a year ago. Um, it's never an easy trip to go up there, play on the Olympic ice. Our special teams were excellent uh, to be able to get us through the weekend. Five-on-five five play was was even or, or hit or miss for us. And then, you know, you come into the bye week, you get to clean some things up. And uh, two very competitive, uh, well-contested hockey games out of Providence and Boston College. And, Again, the, the level of opponent goes up another notch. You just get pushed 
in different ways and um, really happy with the growth and, and really the consistency that we had uh, five on five. Like Boston College, we gave up one uh, five on five chance in our D zone coverage uh, for 60 minutes. Uh, we were disciplined. We only took two penalties. There was a lot to like on the weekend and responding from a loss on Friday night um, is never easy, you know, going up to Boston to do that. Uh, our championship team two years ago couldn't do it. We lost uh, 4-1 and 5-4 leads in Providence on Friday and then went and got waxed uh, by BC 5-1 to on Saturday night. So to show that level of resiliency early um, is a really good sign. And, and like I said, it's good stepping stone and building blocks as we enter our home schedule here. We're going to talk with uh, a couple of your veteran guys coming up here on the show today with McCade Webster and Sean Barron stopping by. And for uh, you guys to be at a stage now where you get, you know, four games under your belt and you come home knowing a little bit about your team, what excites you most with all the energy of, of homecoming weekend and everything that comes along with festivities and a couple of different opponents coming to town um, to get your guys out on their home ice for the first time? How cool is that uh, year by year to get that first home weekend? Yeah, it's always fun to play in front of our, our home fans and our student section. Homecoming weekend is always um, sold out. The student section's always, uh, you know, rocking. And we had our, our camp out event on the bye weekend. We had over 800 students uh, spend the night. It was like the one cold night in a two-week <laughs> yeah. stretch where it really it, was. It got down to 35 degrees, and um, everybody toughed it out. And there was hundreds of tents out there. And, you know, so the, the energy – Again, you know, you hate to talk about COVID still, but, you know, coming out of COVID, I think the excitement and the energy on campus is excellent. Um, the student body is is looking forward to, I think, getting out and, and cheering us on again, and, and that's something we don't take for granted. And um, we're really proud of the fact of the community support and the student support uh, that we get, and, and we can't wait to, to play in front of everybody on Friday night. You know, you had an interesting comment uh, the other day after those two games uh, out east and talking about on-campus energy. Uh, Providence, you had a sellout crowd. BC, you had a sellout crowd, I think 9,000 uh, in the house for that BC game or thereabouts. And you mentioned how electric it would be to have on-campus postseason play and I know that's something that coaches have kind of gone back and forth with but neutral side events for postseason play so often just lend themselves to kind of quiet buildings I mean if you're if you're Denver and you're playing a team that's from you know a school that's not necessarily in a region where you're playing postseason games sometimes the the crowd is not exactly what you would expect uh for an NCAA postseason matchup tell us about uh you know sort of what you guys experienced in Providence and Boston and how you feel like that could be an asset for NCAA hockey yeah, it was, it was excellent, and, um, you know, both student sections were unbelievable, um, you know, and it, it made a, a great environment, even being on the road, and we play in, you know, at Western Michigan and Lawson uh, Arena, we play at the Ralph Engelstad Arena in North Dakota, these are great places with great student sections, it, it really um, amplifies the energy and the intensity, and you know, it just makes the experience more fun uh, for the student athletes, and so that's really where it comes from it's a place of trying to make the student athlete experience better um i certainly you know i believe that the the top eight you know 16 teams make it the top eight should host the bottom eight in a first round we have a bye week uh, built in between the first and second round in the frozen four the remaining top four should play the remaining bottom four at their home site uh prior to the frozen four and it, it would create more energy on our campuses around the country um, you know, like I look at our fans, we played in Loveland, um, in, in the 22 year. Yeah. That was the first time we played NCAA tournament hockey since right. the 0304 season. 
in the state of Colorado. We're, we're Denver. We won four championships in that time. It's a real shame that our fans don't get the opportunity to watch us play playoff hockey. And I think that's the case everywhere around the country. Um, you know, all our fan bases were a local regional sport. I think if we grew our game locally through playoff hockey, it would only help the college game. Um, the whole tournament is broadcast on TSN in Canada. Uh, we are doing a really good job against the CHL uh, in recruiting Canadian high-end players. It's the lowest number of uh, American players playing in the CHL since, I think, 0203. Wow. Um, so we're doing an excellent job, but all these kids, they watch, and they're seeing – you know, 1,200 people in a building. I think they'd be a lot more attracted to college hockey if they saw 7,500 in a building. They'd want to feel inspired to go play in that atmosphere, in that environment. And um, that's what our student-athletes want. So I'm not done talking about it. I'll continue to talk about it. There's a lot of people that don't like the idea uh, for whatever reason. Um, I think because of their own interests in uh, thinking that neutral site maybe benefits them to win a championship. Uh, but for the student-athletes' sake uh, and our fans' sake, the tournament belongs on campus sites. And the last thing I'll say is – I could go on all night about it, but the uh, last thing I'll say is men's basketball and, and college football are the only two other sports that do neutral sites right. throughout. Hockey is the only other one. Every other NCAA sport does some sort of home site for their first and second rounds, um, and it's a great model. And, and other sports are growing. Women's softball, men's baseball – Women's volleyball, we see what they're doing. Other sports are growing, and I think that we're leaving a lot on the table by doing neutral sites in front of nobody. And you're all you're rewarding teams that have played the best hockey of a season as well. If you give well, those yeah. teams the opportunity yeah, to play Yeah, you had that. I crowd. mean, we're the only hockey league in the world that doesn't reward right. the top teams with home ice. So um, there's a lot, in my opinion, that is wrong about how we do it. We have to play to it, and we certainly will. It's not an excuse um, and we've done a pretty good job of it um, since it's it's been implemented. But um, I just think it can be better for the for the student athletes and for our fans. All right, DC. Well, let's talk about uh, some of what you have seen from your guys so far this season. You got a player. I remember last year at the start of the season we said who's kind of a, a guy who could be a breakout guy, and you pointed out Jack Devine is one of those guys. This year he's I think second in NCAA in points through the first couple of weeks of the season. You got a freshman D man in Boston Buckberger who was just named uh, your conference's defenseman of the week. Um, you're getting some. Steady playing goal already at a four-year starter in Magnus Krona who's moved on um, but some of the individual contributions have been really really impressive to get this year started yeah Jack's been great um, you know that whole line has been consistent from day one you know we really challenged uh, the likes of Rizzo and Devine uh, with how young we are you you know those two guys needed to be able to carry the mail um, early they've done that they're both uh, in double digits and points already with their production they've been excellent in all four games and uh, have really led us to, to the three and one start that we have. And we obviously feel like we have really good players behind them. Um, that timing and execution and, and chemistry is a work in progress, but we believe it's coming and um, saw some of that. We saw some, some of our depth scoring uh, against Boston college to get the four goals against a good team. So that's going to be important for the development of our group and making us dangerous uh, throughout our lineup uh, with all the new faces, the four freshmen D and in uh, the five freshmen forward. So 
it's a work in progress, but those two were challenged, uh, Rizzo and Divine, early, and, and they've they've delivered on it. When you uh, are coming home for your first home series, uh, you know, ordinarily you'll get CC in town or you'll get a, a non-conference opponent in town. You get to play on back-to-back nights. This weekend is different and it's unique, and it's something that we talked about earlier today. You're playing two schools uh, on two different nights, and one of those is a first-year D1 program in Augustana. And I was talking with McCade Webster about this. Um, you guys did this last year with Lindenwood. Augustana comes in this year, and then you'll get Air Force on Saturday. Uh, it, it seems very cool from an outsider's perspective for a program like Augustana to get to travel to play in a building like Magnus Arena on a homecoming weekend in front of a, a gigantic crowd against a program that's tied for the most national championships in history. Um, for you guys as a staff, is that something you seek out for some of the newer programs to give them one of those established matchups where they can say, all right, this is we're going to Denver. This is D1 hockey. This is big time. This is what we're all about now. Yeah, I think so. I mean, you, you need to be um, an ambassador for the growth of the game, and um, we've tried to do that by playing – um, UNLV, there's been rumblings that they want to go D1. So, right. you know, we played them a year ago, gave them an opportunity to host um, an admissions event and a fundraising event with their alumni and see what it looks like. Uh, we certainly did it with Lindenwood prior to them coming D1. Um, we have Minot State, who's an excellent uh, club hockey program uh, coming in in uh, end of December. So, yeah, I mean, the, the rule changed where – you were allowed one exhibition game and it didn't have to be against a Canadian university. And so we've kind of taken that to why not play American schools that have an interest in D1. The game is growing in our country. Um, you know, it'd be great if we had five, six, ten more Division One schools to give more opportunity to kids to play D1 hockey. And um, so I don't, I mean, I don't think what we're doing is making a move in the needle or anything in a big picture stance. But um, it's certainly something that we can hang our hat on and feel like we're trying to do um, the right thing. And, and again, it's all, it's all fine and good as long as we're winning those games. Um, you know, we start losing those games, and, and then we start, uh, we start asking questions about it. So it's easy to talk about now. Um, but these teams, like Lindenwood's getting better. Augustana's doing a nice job. Um, these teams are improving. ASU, when they for, I mean, right. they're in the top 15 now. They're 4-0. Um, so it's great. These, they're finding some footing, and um, the game is growing, and, and it's creating more opportunities for, for young hockey players. Tell us about, before we, uh, we step aside for a timeout and bring on some of your guys uh, to, to talk about this upcoming weekend, um, especially Augustana first coming in as somewhat of an unknown, and then Air Force on Saturday. Uh, tell us about what, what you guys anticipate standing out as kind of the, the things to keep an eye on most, especially for this Augustana team the Pioneers fans haven't seen yet. Yeah, they, um, their head coach is on our world junior staff, so know him very well. Garrett Raboyne um, does an excellent job. They're very structured, um, you know, without the puck. He's got them playing a good plan. Um, it's, you know, with the transfer portal, they, they're not, they don't have 26 freshmen. Um, so they've been able to build through transfers. They were to get some kids in last year starting school. It's really important for them to stagger their classes. So, They've gotten a lot of kids um, who maybe weren't doing what they wanted to do at other places that are getting a fresh start and opportunity. So they've got some nice players that they've been able to get into their program, and, and they're going to play hard. We've talked this is a signature moment for their program. Um, could be even bigger, obviously. Uh, would be even bigger if they if they were to beat us, and they're certainly going to be trying to do that. So it's a huge um, opportunity for us to go from you know a top five, top ten matchup to play um, a brand new program. It's a great mental challenge for our group to make sure that our intensity level stays high and where it needs to be. 
Um, and then Air Force, uh, Frank obviously always does a great job. They play hard. These are kids who are signing up to, you know, to serve in our country and, and, and pay the ultimate sacrifice. So um, they're always very committed to, to defense and blocking shots and their physicality. And so it provides a really good test for us that way um, to have to go up, up against a team that is so, you know, selfless and committed to, to putting their bodies on the line. That one's coming up on Saturday. And if you can't be at Magnus Arena for it, Charlie Host and I will be on the call for that one on Altitude TV. Uh, a lot coming up for this Pioneers team this weekend and a lot coming up on this week's episode of the Coach David Carl Show from Campus Lounge here on University Boulevard. We'll step aside for a timeout and talk a little bit more about this upcoming series this weekend. Uh, we got a couple of Pioneers veterans in the house as well. And uh, back with more for the Coach David Carl Show on 104.3 The Fan HD3. Is that the sound of an ooey, gooey, cheesy, crunchy slice of P-I-Z-Z-A? <laughs> Obviously. But as good as that sounds, we think it can get even better. Oh, yeah. That's the sound of a freshly opened fizz-filled Pepsi. The only thing that can take this flavor medley of crunchy dough, mouth-watering cheese, and savory sauce to the next level. How about another bite? Pepsi and pizza sound like a match made in heaven and taste even better. Pizza. Better with Pepsi. That's what I like. Hi, this is Todd Ushery, president of Breckenridge Brewery. When we settled into Littleton, we wanted it to feel like home to everyone who visited. So we built the Farmhouse Restaurant. The comfort food menu is made to complement the fresh beer brewed right here on site. My personal favorite spot is the beer garden. Love sitting next to the fire, listening to bluegrass with a beer, looking out at the open mountain view. Stop by on the weekends for brunch or come see us anytime. Check out breckbrew.com for more info. Here at the farmhouse, you're always in good company. Soon, you'll know Centura Health by a new name, Common Spirit Health. But you already know who we are, passionate people who are here to treat, welcome, and support you. You've got this. Centura is becoming Common Spirit, and you'll continue to find incredible care and caregivers at these and other formerly Centura Health hospitals and clinics. St. Anthony, Ortho, Colorado, St. Anthony North, and Longmont United Hospitals. Learn more at Centura.org. Is that the sound of an ooey, gooey, cheesy, crunchy slice of P-I-Z-Z-A? <laughs> Obviously, but as good as that sounds, we think it can get even better. Oh, yeah, that's the sound of a freshly opened fizz-filled Pepsi. The only thing that can take this flavor medley of crunchy dough, mouth-watering cheese, and savory sauce to the next level. How about another bite? Pepsi and pizza sound like a match made in heaven and taste even better. Pizza, better with Pepsi. That's what I like. Back inside the campus lounge is the Coach David Carl Show talking Denver Pioneers hockey as the Pioneers return home for the first time in the 2023-24 season. My name is Tyler Mon, alongside Pioneers head coach David Carl. DC, we went through kind of fast and furious, uh, a rapid fire about the starts of this season and uh, getting into this home weekend. Um, but you've gotten a chance to, you know, really get to know these guys over the last few months, obviously. And we talked in the season preview radio show uh, a couple months ago about how the offseason structure and getting into the start of practices and, and getting your team ready, it's different for you guys because DU being on the quarter system versus being on the, the semester system. Um, tell us about those that sort of three-week period of getting ready for your season open and how you get these guys ready to roll for week number one when you do have kind of a compressed timetable to do that. Yeah, I don't – I mean, for us it doesn't feel compressed. I think it's a it's a good length. It could arguably even be a little bit shorter. 
um, you know, a lot of places, the semester schools will start, um, you know, mid to, to late August. I don't, you can ask these guys, but I don't think they'd want to be on the ice for six weeks yeah. with us uh, prior to our first game. So three weeks, I think um, we try and keep it a little bit different, but it, I mean, it's, it turns into a, a long camp and uh, by the end of it, the guys are really excited to, to be playing games and, and to be getting after it. And as we are as coaches. So um, I think it's good because we can get right into it, into systems and teaching and um, getting into what we need to do from a special teams perspective. And it doesn't drag on, you know, as long as it maybe does at some other places where they're having to really um, slowly, you know, ramp everything yeah. up. They're starting maybe a little bit slower um, in August, and then they're ramping up the last two or three weeks of their camp. So we can kind of just jump right into it and uh, with our teaching and, and the pace that we need it to be at. And it's worked out well for us. We've generally gotten off to good starts, and, and I think a big part of it is being on the quarter system and in the, the level of intensity that our camp can have because it's not super long. You look at all these different schools getting into the, the start of the year, and you guys started off, I think, in that first poll, you're ranked fourth in the country. Now you're number two. One thing that we've talked about over the last few years uh, as we've gotten to know each other is how much talent there is spread across every D1 program now because there's so much talent that's growing up through youth levels and, and on through the prep levels, and there's only a certain amount of Division One college programs. Uh, when you look across the scope of college hockey, have you seen an era that is as talented? I mean, it feels like if you go one through 30, the drop down from the talent at top level programs to that next level is not that big. That's how much talent exists across the country. Does it feel that way from your perspective? Yeah, I think the depth is, is really good um, around the country. I think, you know, we hit on it a little bit earlier. There's We're at a, a almost, you know, near record low of Americans playing in the CHL. So, you know, I think as a country, we're keeping more of our talent in-house, less of it's going to the OHL and, and the Western Hockey League. And that's, that's helped everyone in college hockey. I think you're seeing the NHL grow um, as well as far as, you know, players that played college hockey, the number of first-round picks is up significantly you know the last 10 years versus uh the 10 years prior um so the amount of the amount of resources uh the the fan engagement the support that is happening and being driven into college hockey programs around the country is at an unprecedented level the players are are getting the benefit of that um but certainly the the players coming into the system they're getting exposed um, to a lot of great programs that are doing things at a really high level um, I think everyone's just forced to up their game, and um, it's created a really high level of depth. You've also got the transfer portal, right. um, you know, which is allowing you know maybe teams 20 to 30 to to get maybe better players out of the portal that they that they weren't getting previously, and so it's allowing them to be older, and it's it's exposing the age gap of you know a team like us in BC, where the two two of the three youngest teams in the country and. Um, you know, you can play against teams that they can build now through the portal even more so a really older roster that gets up to 23, uh, 22 and a half years old um, on their average age. So I think that's all kind of plays into it. Um, and, and it ultimately it's good. I mean, the, the depth of the game is, is a good thing. And uh, I think the parity makes us all better. It feels like the last, I think, two or three years you guys have been in really the top three or four youngest programs in the country for you as a staff 
Uh, what are the, the assets of that? I mean, being able to get young guys in and kind of start coaching them at the earliest stages of their careers. And what are the challenges of that, of knowing that you've got to be able to mold these guys into, you know, high-level D1 hockey players with not a ton of experience uh, for them coming into the start of their college careers? Yeah, I don't know if it's necessarily by design to be like one of the five youngest teams, um, you know, consistently. I think a lot of it is, um, you know, early signings happen. So, I mean, a year ago we had six we had six players uh, leave to graduation, two to early signing, then two to the transfer portal. So there's just, I think there's a little bit more turnover. We chose not to go into the portal uh, this year. Brought in 10 freshmen that have that we've, you know, watched, recruited, built relationships for with for a number of years. Um, so I think that's maybe more a part of it. Um, some teams are older because they're dipping into the portal more. Whereas we've been, you know, really quite selective in, in bringing transfers into our program and in doing that because, you know, I think Tavis and Dallas and Ryan do such a, a great job in a recruiting front of, of having high quality kids that are proving their readiness to, to come into college hockey. So um, it's not totally by design, but having some of that youthful energy, I think is good. Um, having these 10 freshmen, they've, they've added a lot of value. Only two of them are true freshmen though as well so i mean a lot of them are 19 20 year olds are coming in a little bit older more experienced um but ultimately it's the quality of the the players and the people that are coming in and and that really falls on like i said on tavis mcmillan and, and dallas ferguson and ryan mass and our staff to be bringing in the right people all right dc well i'm gonna get you out of here on this you got two of your veteran guys here uh tonight in in your captain mccade webster sean barons along with him tell me about these guys and what you have seen them grow with most since you first got them on campus you've watched these guys grow into you know two of your core established culture leader guys uh tell me one thing about each of these guys you have like watching grow up um yeah i mean both of them you know have done an excellent job uh that's the fun part of seeing the growth and we've, we've shared that with them um they come in as you know bright eye bushy tail freshmen and uh you know now they're they're the veteran guys and um, you know, I think McCade um, is doing an excellent job as our team's captain, uh, really bringing people together. He's always been a guy that, that could do that, but, you know, now he's having to do it across the, the whole expanse of the team and um, I think doing a great job with it. Um, you know, Sean, I think he's doing a really nice job of, of uh, you know, I think just you come here to manage a bunch of different things going on, school, social life, hockey, um, believe it prepares you to be a pro. I think Sean's doing a nice job of uh, of managing his his life away from the rink and in the classroom um, to a very high level uh, this this year. And uh, I think it's showing in a non ice play, and it's going going to help him as he as he moves on and transitions into pro hockey. Uh, the college guys they have to deal with so much, whereas the major junior guys are just worried about hockey. And there's a different level of maturity. Um, that they step into pro hockey with and I think Sean um, it's one of the big reasons why he came to college was to was to win but it was to develop himself as a whole person and that's certainly happening all right we're going to talk with those guys coming up here in just a couple of minutes uh DC thanks man this is good twice in the same day to get a chance to talk we'll do it again I'm gonna keep bothering you through this weekend Thank you. Thanks for everybody for coming out. Campus Lounge, get on down here. It's a great spot. Absolutely. The food at the Campus Lounge, fantastic. The atmosphere of the Campus Lounge is somehow even better than the food. That's Pioneer Set Coach David Carl. We'll step aside for a timeout and bring it on back with the Captain McCade Webster and Junior Sean Barons after the break on 104.3 The Fan.
Is that the sound of an ooey-gooey, cheesy, crunchy slice of P-I-Z-Z-A? <laughs> Obviously. But as good as that sounds, we think it can get even better. Oh, yeah. That's the sound of a freshly opened, fizz-filled Pepsi. The only thing that can take this flavor medley of crunchy dough, mouth-watering cheese, and savory sauce to the next level. How about another bite? Pepsi and pizza sound like a match made in heaven and taste even better. Pizza. Better with Pepsi. That's what I like. Hi, this is Todd Usry, president of Breckenridge Brewery. When we settled into Littleton, we wanted it to feel like home to everyone who visited. So we built the farmhouse restaurant. The comfort food menu is made to complement the fresh beer brewed right here on site. My personal favorite spot is the beer garden. I love sitting next to the fire, listening to bluegrass with a beer, looking out at the open mountain view. Stop by on the weekends for brunch or come see us anytime. Check out breckbrew.com for more info. Here at the farmhouse, you're always in good company. Soon, you'll know Centura Health by a new name, Common Spirit Health. But you already know who we are, passionate people who are here to treat, welcome, and support you. You've got this. Centura is becoming Common Spirit, and you'll continue to find incredible care and caregivers at these and other formerly Centura Health hospitals and clinics. St. Anthony, Ortho, Colorado, St. Anthony North, and Longmont United Hospitals. Learn more at Centura.org. Is that the sound of an ooey-gooey, cheesy, crunchy slice of P-I-Z-Z-A? <laughs> Obviously. But as good as that sounds, we think it can get even better. Oh, yeah. That's the sound of a freshly opened, fizz-filled Pepsi. The only thing that can take this flavor medley of crunchy dough, mouth-watering cheese, and savory sauce to the next level. How about another bite? Pepsi and pizza sound like a match made in heaven and taste even better. Pizza, better with Pepsi. That's what I like. Back inside the Campus Lounge on University Boulevard, we are hanging out for the Coach David Carl Show here on 104.3 The Fan. Uh, University and Exposition, the uh, marquee outside the Campus Lounge, if you're not familiar with it. Uh, that's your fault, and you're missing out on something big. You should be hanging out here in the Canvas Lounge for the Coach David Carl Show because not only will you get a chance to listen to uh, Pioneer Show Coach DC and, of course, the legendary Sandy Clough. I'm sitting in for uh, Sandy this week, but you also get a chance to hear from Pioneer's uh, stars like the two guys sitting to my right and Sean Barons and McCade Webster. Uh, guys, it's good to see you. Thanks for, thanks for hanging out with us tonight. Yeah, a long time no see. I know. It's been forever. McCade yeah. and I got a chance to, to talk this afternoon. I basically just made a plan of, like, I'm going to bother people multiple times during the day. <laughs> Sean, you're the only one who got away without uh, without me doing it today. Um, how does it feel? Let's let's start with these first couple of weeks. Uh, McCade, I'll kick it off with you. You're uh, the captain of this team. You're four games in. You got three wins under your belt. The only loss, a tight one at a top ten opponent on the road. Um, how do you feel about the way this has been two weeks in now? Yeah, I think we've gotten off to a great start. I mean, we've kind of ran the gauntlet a little bit, being on the road, some tough opponents, but it's been we're happy with the start we've had i mean i think our freshmen have developed a lot and learned a lot over these last last few weeks of playing against top teams especially in these buildings but um no, we're happy and we're excited to get back into uh, Magnus Arena and play in front of our home crowd. Sean, we were talking about this earlier today, me and McCade. Uh, the, the energy of a home week is so different. You've done this three times now coming into uh, homecoming weekend. Um, what does it feel like when you're, you know, you're on campus? Uh, as DC mentioned a little while ago, we had the, the camp out for student season tickets. Uh, fans, obviously, have watched these first four games and have an idea of what this team looks like. How is it for you guys inside that room or in class? classes or wandering around or whatever when the anticipation is all right game one at home finally is coming up three days away 
Yeah, um, I think it's obviously really nice not to have to travel um, pretty far away like the last two weekends, but I think just being around campus, um, the excitement from the students um, and really everyone there, teachers, um, I think it's really fun to kind of see their excitement and um, get things going at home here. The Providence-Boston trip is, like, fairly normal as far as travel goes. The Fairbanks trip is, like, that's a whole different animal oh, yeah. for you guys. Tell us what the, the travel day was like first. And then when you get there to start getting acclimated, I know I think you got out on the ice that day, basically, right? Yeah. That night? Okay, what was, the, what was the flight situation like first? And then how do you sort of shake the rust out? Yeah, it was an early wake-up. I think we got up around 2.45, 3 a.m. that morning. Oh. Yeah, and then and then hit the bus at around 3.30, headed over to the airport, got everything situated, flew out there, had a little bit of a layover in uh, Seattle, a couple guys, Bear had to take a test, so a bunch of guys are getting their test, test done on uh, Friday after the morning flight, but, but it was all good, and then from there we flew into uh, Fairbanks, got off the bus, grabbed a bite, and then went right to the rink, got an extended warm-up, make sure our hips are going so you don't pull anything out there, but, but yeah, it was good. Man. So you, you wake up at 2.45 in the morning, shot, and then you got to take a test on the layover? You're sitting in SeaTac taking a test? Yeah, um, it definitely wasn't oh. easy. Uh, How was it? How did you, how'd you do? Do you have a grade yet? Yeah, I did. Um, it wasn't too bad. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it was tough to do it in the airport. A bunch of people, a bunch of noise around you. Um, had two other guys taking it, too. So That's, uh, yeah. I would just blame all of it on that. Yeah. Well, you know, it would have been make it I would have gotten everything right if I didn't have to do this. <laughs> yeah. You guys, uh, you get up there, you get a couple of wins. Um, and to get that first weekend series under your belt, obviously, gets you into the rhythm of a season. But you also did something very cool, which is you, you went to a sled dog like a puppy academy, basically, Sean. Yeah, Tell mushing. me about. Yeah, was that so? You got to meet puppies, I know, which yeah. I saw the pictures and I was jealous. What What did you learn? Did you get to like go on a sled ride with these dogs? Yeah, we did. Uh, unfortunately, there wasn't enough snow, so we had to use uh, ATVs. Um, but it's still really cool. I've been to one before when I went up to the Pee Wee Quebec tournament when I was younger. But kind of being older and seeing how places like that work, it's it's cool. It's a special experience. So awesome. It was a lot of fun. You uh, you get those two wins under your belts, and then you hit the road. And, uh, you know, like you said, McCabe, you're, it's a gauntlet, this early season stretch where you're playing, you know, top ten teams and, and traveling and doing all that. But you learn a lot. And you guys know, you know, two years ago you did that swing, Providence, Boston College. Those games did not go your way. But I know how many times throughout the rest of the season you guys pointed to those games as – big-time learning experiences on the way to winning a national championship. What about this past weekend? What do you feel like you learned? Um, and it may not be the lesson that you're going to carry away ultimately from last weekend. Three months from now, you might look back at something different. But what feels like it stood out most from Providence and BC? Yeah, I mean, I think I think we learned a lot from those week, from those games. I think just learning about our, our team identity and what it takes to win against top top ten teams. I mean, that those teams will be in the tournament that – Right. possibly that we see in a regional upcoming in the future for our team so i think i think experiencing that experiencing that atmosphere of being on the road and playing against the best players again in the in the country i think you take that and you and you learn from it and i think you figure out what what it takes to win obviously and, and it's a different moment like regionals like dc said this next this next four games so we had providence bc and we'll have augustana air force it's four different games if you want to make it to the national right. title and win so i think it's preparing differently for each team i think it's watching video and being prepared for another team the next night so i think just it's a learning experience of of what it takes to win and how hard that is and it's a game of bounces so it's 
staying mentally prepared and focused every second of the game. It's interesting, too, because, uh, and I've talked about this not only with D.C., but Pioneer's lacrosse coach, Bill Tierney, we've talked about this uh, now former lacrosse coach, but the same sort of deal where playing two different teams on the same weekend, it does get sort of that muscle memory into your brain of, all right, we need to remember this in March and April if we want to make big things happen. Do you guys, Sean, do you remember, uh, you know, from a couple years ago when you get that first experience doing that against Providence and B.C.? Was that something that later on in the season you get into regionals, do you draw back on that memory of like, all right, we've got an idea of practice is going to lead into opponent number one. If we win this game, it's a quick turnaround, but we know how to handle back-to-back games against different teams on the same weekend. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think that first year we had um, a tough second against BC. Um, so that year is kind of more learning from your mistakes. Yeah. Um, I think we had, you know, a game we should have won in Providence that first year and ended up losing. Um, and we kind of let, let it, um, you know, kind of eat us up that second night. So I think kind of learning from that experience, um, being able to flip the switch and reset um, was something that I really took away from that. And I think our team did a really good job as the year went on. When you guys come into a weekend like this, you're kind of facing a little bit of an unknown because Augustana, first-year D1 program, and uh, as DC noted, you know, they have the luxury now in the, the transfer portal era to be able to build with a little bit more of a veteran presence than what maybe we would have seen five, ten years ago. But uh, to go in against a team that you don't know a ton about, what are the variables, McCabe, when you are learning an opponent for the first time uh, and trying to scout and understand what they do? What is that process like for you guys? Yeah, I mean, obviously there's video and you try to learn what their systems are and, and maybe um, expose some things that you think that on video that showcase that. But, but in all reality, instead of focusing on them, we, we normally focus on what we can do and, and how we can play. So I think it's mainly just looking at ourselves and, and, and ways that we can improve rather than just solely focusing on them and what they do. I think there's certain aspects that you can expose in their game, but, but in reality I think it's more of just what you can do and what our team can do to grow and develop and, and beat this team. I joked with you guys when you sat down that I was going to ask you just for scouting reports about each other. I'm not actually going to do that, but I am going to ask you, you've been around each other for a while now, uh, and being a few seasons in, I want to ask you one thing about each guy's game that you like. And, McCade, I'll start with you. You're the captain of this team. You know everybody so well. When you watch Sean play, what do you like about watching Sean, and what from his game, if you could implement something into your own game, what would you take from him? Yeah, I mean, obviously I think Bears hockey IQ and just how smart he is on the ice, I mean, he also plays very, very hard. I think it's it's overlooked sometimes how hard he plays. He's always getting in the mix, hitting guys, putting his body on the line, but I think it's just his hockey IQ. He's so smart with the puck. He makes it look effortless out there just making plays, and he'll find guys in the back door. But, yeah, I would love to have his hockey brain for sure. All right, Sean. McCade on the other side uh, and a guy who has, you know, grown into to being the captain here. You've been around for your three years. What would you take from him? I think his tenacity, um, I think, you know, he's probably the best on the team, uh, staying on pucks, reloading, um, you know, kind of doing those intangible things that aren't easy, but, um, you know, he always finds a way to do those things right, and I think that that's why he's the captain. It sheds off on other guys. Um, guys look up to him, his work ethic, so I think that's the biggest thing for me that I take away. What is the sort of the vibe of this team? Every year, every roster has a little bit different feel. Um, for you guys, you know, especially having all this travel in now under your belts where you're, you know, like you got to fly and then you got to take like a wagon train and then you're like in a submarine, all these long trips you've had. What is the the feel of this team, McCade, of 
the the sense of humor or the the way you keep things light or the you know the way that you hone in on game day um how does this team feel four games in yeah like i've said this before but i think this team's got a spark that maybe we were missing a little bit a little bit last year um but we saw it like our team was so light when we won the Nash championship we were always joking around with each other we were best friends with one another um, so I think we kind of got that back where it's just it's so light and humorous with the guys They all love each other. I mean everyone's everyone's pretty much brothers and We could joke around with each other and, and, and make fun of each other But but no, it's and, and then when it gets to game time, I mean everyone is is a killer out there honestly when when you get to a game time, but but yeah in the locker room and, and just hanging out with the guys I mean, that's what makes it so much fun and, and you enjoy every single day of, of being at the at the rink with all your best friends and your buddies so so that's what keeps it. I mean, that's what makes you love the game and you enjoy it when you just can come to the rink and you basically hang out with your with your with your buddies and your best friends for hours on a day. That is pretty cool. That is like one thing that I feel like every college athlete, uh, if they don't experience, they are probably dying to experience to have that sort of bond yeah. with a group. And that's one thing that you know, McCade, you and I were talking earlier today about how uh, what makes Denver hockey different is building a team around the right people, not just the right players. Uh, and Sean, the, the point that I was making to McCade and, and DC noted to me is, you know, you look at a program like Michigan. Michigan had four of the first top five picks last year. Um, for DU, four national championships, you know, this century, and through all of that, yeah, there's been first-round picks, but it hasn't been necessarily what you have seen from some of these other programs because it is so much about the culture. What did that mean to you when you committed to play here and now getting into Denver hockey? Um, what about that spoke to you? Yeah, I think, you know, that was probably the biggest reason why I committed here. Um, I think not only developing off the ice, um, what you get outside of hockey here, but I think at the rink, um, it's a winning culture. Every, every person on the team wants to win um, and compete, and I think by doing that in practice every day, every rep, every drill, um, having people that want to compete and want to win um, pushes you to get better. Um, and I think that's, at the end of the day, what makes a team successful. All right, you guys. Uh, I got one more question for each of you. First, Sean, I'm going to ask you this. Um, you are a guy who people are watching play at Magnus Arena right now, might be watching you play 10 minutes away uh, at Ball Arena coming up soon. As an abstract pick, you took part in the developmental camp this summer, correct? What What has that been like to be – for a lot of guys who were drafted, you know, you could be drafted by the Senators. They don't necessarily have eyes on you every week. You get to be in the city where you could potentially be playing in the NHL in a real short order. Uh, how cool is that to have that as your reality? Yeah, it's pretty special. Um, you know, I think coming in my freshman year, we won a national championship. The Avs won a Stanley Cup. Just seeing how excited this city was um, for hockey, how, um, how emotional they were. Once I was won a Stanley Cup, I think that was something that really stood out to me. Um, and to have the fan base here at Denver and then hopefully with Colorado one day um, is really special to me. And I think um, for me, it's something that I really want to achieve and something that I strive for every day. All right, McCade, on the flip side, lightning prospect. What was that final like for you? You're, in, you're a Denver guy playing at the University of Denver. The Avalanche are going up against the Tampa Bay Lightning in the Stanley Cup final. What was that? How weird was that? Yeah, I mean... Now I don't. I mean, I don't really root for any teams, obviously, because yeah. I'm not really a part of any organization signed to anything. I mean, I'm a Denver Pioneer right now, so that's all I care about. But so I, I was most excited about us winning a national championship, and and, all, and, tr and truthfully, I was I was happy for the Avs because I got to experience that with them and and be in Denver, and I love Colorado, so I was I was happy that 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 the Avs won, so I could experience that with them. But but yeah, I wasn't. I was kind of a, a neutral fan there, not rooting for either side, but. 
I was happy it went that way because I got to experience it here in Denver. That is the perfect captain answer. If there could be a better captain answer, I don't know. That was the most perfect uh, diplomacy. I'm, I'm very impressed by that. All right, here's my final question for you. I told DC this the other day. I recently took up uh, beer league old man uh, roller hockey, and I'm playing goalie. <laughs> Let's put you dudes out there on uh, – you got to go on blades. We got to do it on the floor because I'm not going to put myself on the ice. <laughs> you shoot 100 times – can I stop one? Do you think I could stop one? Yeah, I think you could stop a few. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now, let me – is it because I would be doing anything to stop them or would you just misfire and, like, hit me? Maybe we get on a schneid there for a bit, I think. <laughs> yeah. Probably miss a couple in a row. Yeah, I might, I might miss one. All right, good. We're going we're gonna to test this out. I'm going to see if the people at Altitude will do that for us one day and just see how much I can be embarrassed by actual athletes in my life. Uh, Sean Barrett and McCabe Webster, you guys, thank you so much for stopping by. This is a blast. We're gonna, I'm just going to bother you from week to week yeah, now you. if I can't hang out here in place of Sandy Clough. So uh, we'll make sure that that's a weekly thing. Give it up for Sean and McCade. We'll step aside for a timeout and bring it on back. We're going to talk some Dog Nation coming up after the break on 104.3 The Fan. Is that the sound of an ooey-gooey, cheesy, crunchy slice of P-I-Z-Z-A? <laughs> Obviously. But as good as that sounds, we think it can get even better. Oh, yeah, that's the sound of a freshly opened, fizz-filled Pepsi. The only thing that can take this flavor medley of crunchy dough, mouth-watering cheese, and savory sauce to the next level. How about another bite? Pepsi and pizza sound like a match made in heaven and taste even better. Pizza, better with Pepsi. That's what I like. Hi, this is Todd Usry, president of Breckenridge Brewery. When we settled into Littleton, we wanted to feel like home to everyone who visited. So we built the farmhouse restaurant. Comfort food menu is made to complement the fresh beer brewed right here on site. My personal favorite spot is the beer garden. Love sitting next to the fire, listening to bluegrass with a beer, looking out at the open mountain view. Stop by on the weekends for brunch or come see us anytime. Check out breckbrew.com for more info. Here at the farmhouse, you're always in good company. Soon, you'll know Centura Health by a new name, Common Spirit Health. But you already know who we are, passionate people who are here to treat. Welcome. And support you. You've got this. Centura is becoming common spirit, and you'll continue to find incredible care and caregivers at these and other formerly Centura Health Hospitals and Clinics, St. Anthony, Ortho Colorado, St. Anthony North, and Longmont United Hospitals. Learn more at centura.org. Is that the sound of an ooey gooey, cheesy, crunchy slice of PIZZA? <laughs> Obviously, but as good as that sounds, we think it can get even better. Oh, yeah, that's the sound of a freshly opened, fizz-filled Pepsi. The only thing that can take this flavor medley of crunchy dough, mouth-watering cheese, and savory sauce to the next level. How about another bite? Pepsi and pizza sound like a match made in heaven and taste even better. Pizza, better with Pepsi. That's what I like. Back inside Campus Lounge on University and Exposition, our final segment of the Coach David Carl Show this week on 104.3 The Fan. My name is Tyler Mon, hanging out in for Sandy Clough. Sandy will be back uh, as this 2023-24 hockey season rolls along. Uh, the Campus Lounge, there is no cooler bar in America than the Campus Lounge. You're getting a chance to hang out with Marty Richardson from Dog Nation. Uh, Marty, it's good to see you. It's, uh, it's hockey time. This has got to be the best time of year for you. It is. There's a, there's a lot going on. Absolutely. From, uh, from the youth stuff to the to the adult stuff to the 
to the college hockey to the NHL. It's pretty awesome. Even sled hockey. Absolutely. Everything's yeah. out in full yeah, force right yeah, now. It's yeah. sled hockey, obviously, something you guys are very familiar with. Tell yeah. us about, for people who are tuned in who don't know Dog Nation, uh, it's a really incredible organization. Tell us yeah. about the, the mission and the foundation. Yeah, uh, really started as a passing of a hat in a beer league hockey locker room, and I just heard that you're a beer league guy now, too, I so am. welcome to the club. <laughs> and um, so back in 2009, we had three guys on our team all battling cancer at the same time, and uh, we'd pass the hat around the, uh, the locker room, and never did we think it would go past that, but when we lost one of our teammates, um, we started a foundation to help families in need like those guys in our own locker room, and believe it or not, we've, we've been able to hand out over $4.5 million to wow. families in need now. That is incredible. I know you guys were so instrumental. Uh, the Humboldt Broncos tragedy a few years yeah. ago, um, that was, I remember uh, the, the season after that, uh, we had you guys out to, to Magnus Arena, and that, mm -hmm. I feel like so many people became so aware of that story, yeah. the, the Humboldt story, but you guys go so far beyond that. Yeah. Um, the last few years, uh, you've gotten so involved with, you know, the Avalanche are on board, DU's on board. Tell us about, um, you know, kind of the inroads and the, the outreach from the hockey community that make what you guys do possible. Yeah, we, we can't do it without a whole bunch of people stepping up. And, and um, it's literally not even just nationwide, it's continent-wide yeah. now. And we're, we're seeing um, donations almost every day coming in from different places and we're going to talk about a really cool we one are. that's coming up here but um honestly from sponsors and volunteers and and folks like you that, that we need all of those to to agree. this is truly a grassroots organization and uh, and for us to to do the numbers that kind of roll off my tongue but they're they're eye-popping really and it's amazing how many families we've been able to impact and and it's not just the financial it's there's a lot of other parts that go along with that, including the Humboldt Bronco kids. That most of them have stayed at my house. That's amazing. This 2023-24 uh, season, you've got a really cool thing going on. Jared mm -hmm. Bednar is part of it. David Carl's part of it. Not just those guys, but uh, you're getting pledges for wins, and you picked some very good teams yeah. uh, to tie in with that. Tell us about that initially. Yeah, so it's also some players, too. So, cool. Even so, better. But, yeah, so they're they're doing pledges per goal. But the, we're going to stick with the coaches, and um, it's uh, Jared Bednar who actually has a humble connection. He was born there. Um, and grew up there. Uh, Jim Montgomery, who kind of has some DU connections. Just a few. And uh, uh, David Carl, and then the, the latest one to kind of keep those all connected is uh, Scott Barney, who's the Humboldt Broncos coach. And each one of those, uh, for their individual teams, whenever there's a they get a W, they donate to Dog Nation. And so get this, right off the bat, Tyler. These guys, um, those teams, those four teams combined, this is Dog Nation Karma. Out of the gate are 21 and 2. That is incredible. Yeah. 21 and 2. You're going to start getting calls from coaches that are, like, struggling a little yeah. bit because they want that good karma. they got to get on a win streak. Exactly, That right? seems like a very good business plan. Yeah, it's a great like business idea. plan. I, I, you know what? I didn't even think of that, but I think I will now. But but it's, uh, it's really um, humbling for us that those coaches would all do that. And, um, and, and it ends up going into the pot where we're able to help the next family and the next family and the next family. And we get two to three nominations a week. So there's a lot of families to help. And, and so when you know that when uh, 
Clayton Keller scores a goal, and you know that it's $100 dog nation. It's awesome on SportsCenter. And Matt Duchesne does that, or, or uh, Pasternak does that. It's, it's pretty cool. There's just something about the hockey community where hockey people look out for hockey people. Yeah. Um, and you said, you know, when, when this initiative started, really just as something where you're all sitting in a, a locker room together, you had no idea what it would become. No. When you look back, if you could tell yourself, you know, 14, 15 years ago, something that was going to shock you about just how good people can be yeah. what would that be what do you think has stood out most about the the graciousness of people over the last 14 years yeah great question i i think it's um just in general how how good people are like they there's not really one one item but um i've met some incredible people along the way where i i'm almost I feel like I'm a generous guy, but then I meet them and I'm like, wow, like this is not an incredibly wealthy person, but the amount that they donate and, and want to make a difference with, it's incredible. And so just meeting a few people like that is, and then the inspirational stories of see, you're meeting a guy that was paralyzed. You're right. meeting a guy that had a brain injury, you're different things and, and just the resilience and the never give up attitude. And, and I would say, we see a ton of that based on just um, people that they they feel the power from a community, and that's yeah, we see that all the time. And these two guys before you, uh, Sean Barons has played for our dogs team for the last four years. That's awesome. And so pretty neat. And McCade Webster's from St. Louis, which is where we have our other other dog nation branch it's incredible how much uh that stuff becomes intertwined in yeah. the hockey world as well yeah. and you know for people who want to be part of this and and want to help out um tell us how people can get more information can get involved yeah. and and be part of it we have a pretty cool website um uh patrick donnelly that works with me is uh it kind of monitors that but does a really nice job on that and we get a lot of volunteer or companies that come in and make videos for us and different things like that but it's dognation.org and we we don't know how to spell so it's d-a-w-g <laughs> um dognation.org and um there's some really really that you can see some of the how it how it started where the where the beginnings came from and it's a good place to check it out it's pretty incredible stuff dognation.org uh you can go there and get all the information marty richardson uh marty this is so great man it's so good to get a chance yeah. to talk about this organization because it's it's one thing um you know to be a charitable organization in a community in a community like hockey it feels yeah. like it's something so much more uh than just you know the the foundation that you have laid it is something bigger for so many people uh you've done some pretty incredible work and and thank you so much for being here yeah. and, and being part of this with us today yeah thank you tyler appreciate it and uh, honored to be on the show wrapping up this week's episode of the coach david carl show from campus lounge on university and exposition coming up this weekend the pioneers at home taking on augustana on friday and then the air force academy coming up on saturday if you can't be there for that game on saturday i'll be on the call with charlie host on altitude tv check out dognation.org for all the information on dognation d-a-w-g nation.org and uh, come on out and support the pioneers here as this 2023-24 home schedule gets rolling for everybody here at the campus lounge my name is tyler mon we'll catch you next time for the coach david carl show on 104.3 the fans